Good morning, Springhouse. Uh, Alan already alluded to it uh, already, but I do want to encourage you and let you know that we have an early gathering here. Uh, it starts at 845, and uh, if you were not here this morning, you missed an incredible, incredible time. Uh, and hopefully we'll get that up on the website for those um, who can view it there. And I just want to encourage you, I know that some, uh, some may not be attending early gathering because of illness and that type of thing. Uh, but if there's truly a way for you to get here, there's nothing like being here in person. Uh, and you need to be here and connect with people. Uh, that's, that's a part of the kingdom, is us connecting uh, together and being, being together. Are you glad to be in the house? Would you just do me a, a favor and uh, just turn around and, and say hello to, uh, to someone you don't like? <laughs> if you're joining us at home uh, online, thank you so much for being with us today. We're so, I'm so thankful that you are, are joining us. Uh, friends, we have, a, we have a number of people. There's an upper respiratory type thing going around. My family's been affected by it. I know Will is out today, uh, and there's a few people. And then, and then we have some more, um, he- uh, some heavier things happening uh, with the Lindsay family and, and some things. So I just want to lift up a general prayer of covering over our body. Would you join me today? Father, I thank you that you are our healer. By your stripes, we are healed. Father, I ask that you would bring order to chaos, Father God, in people's bodies. I ask Lord, that you would cover us and that you would heal us, Father God. I pray, Lord, that you would protect us from sickness and illness, Father God. And I ask for those who are going through right now, I ask that you would heal their body, God. I pray that there would be testimonies of your faithfulness on, on the journey through, God. And I ask, Lord, that you would help us to exercise wisdom in our choices. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thursday night, uh, we also have our midweek gathering, and, uh, and I just encourage you to be a part of that as, as well. Pastor Barbie is speaking on the cloud and the glory. That will be this coming uh, Thursday night, begins at 6.15, so I want you to make plans to, to be a part of that. Well, we believe that God has saved the very best for right now, amen? And, uh, and I'm excited about, uh, excited about today as we continue our journey in this series, The Struggle is Real, and I just want to, I want to be real with you. I'm struggling this morning. Okay, so uh, if you guys would just lift up a silent prayer for me as we get through here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to struggle through this word. And uh, I realized about maybe 10 minutes before uh, I walked in here to worship that one of the reasons I'm probably struggling this morning is because I made a mistake. I've said this before uh, to you guys, uh, but, you know, before I speak, the Lord usually walks me through, like journeys me through, uh, you know, the, the word that I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to share. And uh, it was midweek this week, and the Lord brought to mind a conversation that I had with him uh, uh, it's about 10, 10 minutes before I came in here. And I just said, Lord, you know, you didn't really walk me through much before getting ready to speak this week. That was a mistake. <clears throat> Uh, because uh, he said, okay, well, let me, let me start walking you through some stuff. And so I got it all kind of cramped into a few days here. So we'll see, we'll see what the Lord, we'll see what the Lord does in, in his plan for, for today. We're, we're continuing our series, The Struggle is Real. We are on part four. Uh, week one, we, uh, we basically started by saying everyone in this room struggles. We all struggle and you're not alone. Uh, 
You're not alone in your, in your struggle. Uh, we all struggle. The struggle bus is packed. It, we're all on there. Uh, and we are, we, are, we are just a group going along, struggling on the struggle, struggle bus. And, uh, and we also talked about how our struggles, uh, though they manifest at times some messes in our lives, our mess is not actually the struggle. Our, ma- our mess is a manifestation of what's happening on the inside. The struggle is actually what's happening on the inside. And then, of course, Pastor Justin brought, and and Pastor Allen brought a word uh, the next week on addiction. And Justin said this, the main arena where we fight the battle of addiction is in the mind. So whether it's substance abuse, whether it's watching too much TV, eating too much, whatever it is that we're dealing with, the real battlefield is on the inside. It's in the mind. And then last week, I thought uh, Elder Mario did a fantastic job delivering the word about finances as we struggle in in the realm of, of finances. And Mario said this, he said, while the struggle is real in the area of finances, the root cause is not the lack of money, but the condition of our hearts. So it's not the fact that we don't have the resource or even really how we manage the resource as much as it is, is what's going on on the inside. Are you seeing a pattern develop here? Okay. The struggles that we have are not, uh, are, are not uh, from the messes that we say. We, we, we take the messes and we put that in front and we say, hey, this is what I'm struggling with. But no, those are manifestations of the things that are happening on the inside. And we want this healing, awesome, wonderful, incredible God to meet us on the inside and, and to cure and to touch our struggles on the inside so that our messes subside and go away on the outside. Amen? So today we're going to talk about, in the series, The Struggles Real, we're going to talk about relationships. Are you excited? (laughs) We're going to talk about relationships, okay? Look at the person you came with and say, this is for me. Okay? All right, stand with me. Let's read together. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. And one more from the book of John. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Can we read that last part starting with by one more time? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you that your word is transformative, God. I thank you, Lord, for what you intend to do today, God. And I ask, Lord, that you would open our hearts to be receptive to your word, God. Lord, anything that's of me that doesn't need to remain, that doesn't need to be remembered, let it wash away. But God, Lord, would you just speak to us, Lord, today and change us for eternity, especially in the area of our relationships. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the struggle is real when it comes to relationships. Anybody ever struggled in a relationship before? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're, uh, I don't want to make any accusations, but you're probably lying to yourself if, uh, if you think that you've never struggled in a, in, a, in a relationship. I will tell you that many of us try to avoid relationships. We try to avoid sometimes relationships because we don't want to go there because relationships are hard. 
relationships are hard, especially if you're trying to do them the right way. And, uh, and actually, even though we try to do them the right way, uh, what we find out is when we try to do them, the when we actually start doing them the wrong way, they actually become harder than if we would have tried to go the hard path of doing it the right way. Are you with me? But the first thing I want us to understand this morning is that every single person, like I said the, the, on week one, that everybody struggles. Well, every single person in here, you were created for a relationship. Every one of you were created for relationship. You were created for a relationship and you are commissioned to go and make disciples. Jesus tells us as his followers to go and make other disciples. And as, a, as we are created for relationship, we are created for relationship in order to be able to have a relationship with Jesus, to become more like Jesus and to point others to Jesus. We're created for relationship to do those, those things. And just like the end of that scripture in the book of John talks about Jesus is saying that you will, they will know you by the way that you love one another. So as we go through today, I want us to center on, in on, on this central truth that our commission is to make disciples. There's, I like to know, the, anybody like to know the why behind things? Anybody ever ask the question why? I'll tell you, one of my daughters, we are not doing a thing until she understands the why. Why, daddy? Why, daddy? Why, daddy? Why, daddy? And you just want to say, because I said so, right? Okay. But we are creatures who like to understand why, okay? We don't always like to explain why, but we want to know why. But as we talk about relationship today, I want us to keep in the back of our mind that we are to be people who are a witness for the kingdom, we are to be a people who are, wit are witnesses for Jesus and how we exercise our relationships and how we model our relationships has everything to do with other people coming into the kingdom. How we treat each other has everything to do with people coming to the kingdom and making disciples. So this today is going to represent our witness this today is going to represent our, uh, our, our ability to, to have people taste and see that the Lord is good. Isn't the Lord good? We know that the Lord's good. I wonder if we always model that. This is, our, this is our witness. You were created for relationship. Over in the book of Genesis, right before, right out of the gate, before we learn anything uh, about any of the creation, before uh, God said, let there be light, we learned that God was in relationship with, his, with, his, with himself. The pronoun we and us is used. Uh, and so we know that God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So he was already modeling relationship before we even arrived on the scene. So relationship is pretty important to God. Relationship is pretty important to God. And he creates man in his image, and man's walking around, and he's naming animals, and he's doing all these things. And guess what God says? It's not good for man to be alone. And guess what? You're not alone. You're not alone. You were created for relationships. There's a lot of different types of relationships in our lives. We have relationships with our families. We have relationships with our parents, uh, with our kids. We have relationships with our teachers. We have business relationships. We have spouse. There's a lot of different types of relationships. And guys, what I want us to understand about all relationships is this. People are people. People are people. And guess what? People are broken. People are people and people are broken. It amazes me sometimes how often, it amazes me how often we place high expectations on everyone else, expectations that we are ourselves not willing to submit to. The expectation of perfection, the expectation that you would have it all together. 
And sometimes when we're, uh, we're so busy judging other people and where they miss it, it's because we don't want to open up and look at ourselves and the things that we've got to fix and to clean up. People are people. You are sitting next to somebody who's, everybody say, hello, broken. I'm shattered. Nice to meet you. Broken meet shattered, okay? We're, we're, we are broken people. And when broken hooks up with shattered, you don't get, you don't get something that's whole. You just get more brokenness, right? You just get more shattered, okay? You just get more brokenness. But, but the interesting thing about it is that the Lord chooses to use other broken people to teach us to be more like him. That is crazy. <laughs> that is absolutely, he, and sometimes he will use somebody who's more broken than you are, right? To show you something about yourself. And it might be the person who's sitting right next to you. Your relationship with the Lord sets the tone for every other relationship in your life. Your relationship with the Lord sets the tone for every other relationship in your life. When my relationship with the Lord is weak, it influences what I say, how I act, what I do, where I go, what compromises I'm willing to make. But when my relationship with the Lord is strong, not only does it influence what I say, do, and whether or not I'll make a compromise or not, but sometimes it also tells me whether or not I need to be in relationship with somebody. Mo the most regrettable decisions that I've ever made in my life were when my relationship with the Lord was at its weakest points. And God chooses to use people, even in their broken states, to help us to become more like him. So I want to talk today, I want to center in on, uh, and there's a plethora, but I'm going to fo focus on four areas today when it comes to our relationships. I like to sort of call them relational traps that, uh, that cause us to struggle. And the first one is this, it's the area of commitment. You know, relationships take commitment. And we are a non-committal people, you do know that, right? But relationships take a degree of commitment. It takes you saying yes, and then saying yes again, and then saying yes again, and then saying yes again, right? Or it takes you saying no, and saying no again, and a no again, and no. It takes a level of commitment to be in relationship. Nobody wants to be in a flighty friendship. Nobody wants to be in a flighty marriage. Nobody wants to be bound to somebody that they can't rely on and count on that their yes is going to be yes and their no is going to be no. Relationships take a degree of commitment and commitment is a two-way street. Have you ever leaned on someone in a relationship for them to hold all the side of the commitment and you're not willing to hold your own? Or have you ever been on the other side of that coin? Relationships require sacrifice. Real relationships, they require requires sacrifice. And I wanted to start here with this point because some of you think that the things I'm saying today are for them. But some of the things I'm saying today are actually for you and it's for me, right? When was the last time that you did something for someone and you didn't want to do it, but you did it just because you love them? My wife does it all the time. 
She blows it out of the water. When it comes to my life and my stinky mess, she is just constantly doing things. And I know that she doesn't want to do it, but not only does she do it, she does it with such joy. And I'm not here to elevate my wife, but I'm just telling you the, 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 the authentic posture of my, relationship is the, uh, of my relationship with Sherry is Kevin's often selfish. If there's a flaw that I have, and I have many, the top one is that Kevin O'Day thinks of Kevin O'Day a majority of the time. And when I'm at the strongest point of, of my relationship with the Lord, that's whenever I'm able to get out of that middle chair and allow him to sit there and start thinking about other people. When was the last time you did something just because you loved them? Friendship, friends, any relationship in your life. When's the last time you just sacrificed just because? No thanks, no thanks needed. Not to have notoriety or not to have a pat on the back, but just to do it. Sacrifice is rarely, if ever, convenient. Relationship requires showing up. Even when you don't feel like it. Just yesterday, I was out with a, a group of guys for a, for a bachelor party last night, and Justin says to me, you know what one thing I realized about my dad? My dad always shows up. What a wonderful testimony, Ricky, that you always show up, that your son behind your back is saying you always show up. Man, I look up to you for that. Thank you for showing up for your son. What a wonderful testimony that you would show up Relationships require you to be present, to show up. And when people don't show up for you, it's not our responsibility to show them so that we don't show up for them. Because love covers a multitude of wrong. And so we show up in our relationships. It requires us to show up. And one of the things that I realized early on in my early on in my in my in my teenage years as I was developing as an insecure adolescent is this it is impossible to be in relationship with everyone. That is a liberating statement. It is impossible to be in relationship with everyone. Jesus had 12. And they were all dysfunctional. Any of you got some dysfunctional friends? Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible to be in relationship with everyone. You're not supposed to be in deep relationship with everybody. You're not supposed to be in relationship with, with, with everybody. And in fact, so many times, and I'm guilty of this sometimes, guys, I'm chasing after relationships that I'm not supposed to have that I neglect the ones that I do. I sacrifice the people that are in my life every day so that I can chase for a momentary relational connect right here. And God says, Who, where did I call you? Who did I call you to? And sometimes we chase after emptiness and we sacrifice where we get full. And then we wonder why we're broken and we're depressed and we're down. Because we are sacrificing the life-giving relationships that God has given us. This is fun, yeah? Not everyone is supposed to be in your, in your life for a lifetime. God gives us seasonal 
people. There are people in your life that God has given in your life for a season for a specific reason. There's something you're supposed to learn. There's something you're supposed to teach. There's something you're supposed to grow. And as Justin and Jessica said this morning, there was a quote from, I don't remember, Gary. Gary Thomas, he says, God was not plucking you into relationship to make you happy. He was plucking you in relationship to make you holy. And so there are seasonal people in your life. And what we do is we tie lifetime expectations to seasonal people. We've got to stop tying lifetime expectations to seasonal people. And we've got to let seasonal people go when it's time for them to go so God can bring in the next relationship we're supposed to have. There is a beginning and an end to relationships. The question is, are you present in the middle? Are you present in the relationships that you have right now today? Who are you connected with? Who has God coupled you with? Who are the the go-to people in your life? Who are you in relationship with and are you present? Are you sacrificing? Are you showing up? We gotta stop tying lifetime expectations to seasonal people. Because when we do that, we begin to sacrifice the relationships that God has placed in our life. And when we do that, it begins to taint our, weak, our witness. The next thing I wanna talk about is comparison. I told you it's gonna be fun, right? This is what Galatians 6, 4, and 5 says. Make a careful exploration of who you are and the work you have been given and then sink yourself into that. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't be impressed with yourself. Don't compare yourself with others. Each of you must take responsibility of doing the creative best you can with your own life. I love Eugene Peterson's version of of this Scripture. Teddy Roosevelt says something so profound. He says, comparison is the thief of joy. When we compare ourselves to others, it steals our joy. It steals our joy. And you know what's so crazy, guys? A majority of us spend our life, we, we, our, our lives now in this, in, this, in this space of time in 2021, we spend our, our lives comparing ourselves to what other people post on Facebook. Do you know how ludicrous that is? Do you know how absolutely crazy that is? Do you know that what people post on Facebook is not real? Let me tell you something, okay? When I wake up in the morning, I look like bad. Okay, I look bad, okay? You are never going to see me snap a selfie when I'm yawning in the morning. Oh, baby, here we go as I scratch my, not gonna happen, not gonna happen, okay? So when you're looking at my pictures on Facebook and it looks like all my daughters are just perfect, well-behaved angels and we're just like, hey, after 42 pictures and 5,000 filters, don't look at that and compare your life to that and say, man, they've got it all together. What are we doing wrong? Comparison steals your joy and renders you incapable of being grateful for what you have. I told you that uh, at the beginning here that I made a mistake midweek and I, you know, said, God, you haven't really drugged me through anything. Well, Lancaster Knights won the football game on Friday night. And, um, and I... Uh, I, I pulled up to, to where we were playing, 
and uh, noticed that this school that had been in operation the same amount of time as Lancaster has this brand new facility. Brand new, nice, and a nice, you know, nice, good, uh, 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 adequate field. You know, we don't necessarily have one at the school. We have a practice piece of grass. And, um, and you know, so I just, uh, I just walked up and I just started to say, man, Lord, I must be doing something wrong. We don't, gosh, I, look what they've done in, in this amount of time. There's my, and Lord said, yeah, just keep comparing yourself. Just compete. Com- Go ahead, go ahead. Stop, stop not, go ahead and start not being grateful for what I've given you and see where that takes you. Comparison lays a foundation for jealousy. As I said earlier, this is my family. Okay? Guys, that's fake. <laughs> I'm sorry, it is. I love my family, okay? That, that is not, that, that is one moment in time that was posed and it was, and it was bribery with a candy bar. I promise you. Okay. So we can have something on our walls. Sherry and I had an intense conversation this past week. Okay. In the middle of the conversation, I didn't say, Hey babe, let's take a picture real quick and put it on Facebook. No. We don't, we don't put out and project the things that are real going on in our lives. So stop comparing yourselves to other people because what you're seeing is not authentic and real. Yeah. Jealousy leads you down the path of resentment, irrational behavior, and broken relationship. Jealousy, if you start to let jealousy creep down because of comparison, then there becomes a real stronghold that happens in your life. And let me tell you something. If you're in a position where you're, I've been jealous before, believe me. If you're in a position where that has really grabbed you, let me tell you how to get out of it. First thing is you need to confess it as sin. And then you need to, by faith, rejoice for the other person or for whatever it is, rejoice for them. And then be grateful for what God has given you. That's the pathway out of Jealousy. Jealousy can lead you to feel threatened that something or someone else, something, someone is going to be taken from you. But for every moment that you are looking at some other relationship, it's a moment stolen from what you have of your own. Comparison. And when we compare and we get to that jealous place and we start having that irrational behavior, it taints our witness. The next one's communication. We have become a people of emojis. I like texting. I do. Do you know that texting, I believe, was invented to convey factual information? Not to have long dissertations about how you feel about a particular issue or subject. And then they invented emojis because people didn't care about the reason why it was invented. They used it for that purpose anyway. Do you know, I hate having to, <laughs> Lord help me, I, to sandwich a simple answer with 42 emojis to make you feel good. <laughs> to convey to you that I'm not mad at you, that I'm not upset with you, right? That I can't just text 
okay and it be okay? That thumbs up can't just represent, got it. We have put ourselves in this spiral and just it's crazy. And then it's all not, it's all fake and it's not real. It's not what we mean. It's not really how we feel. It's misperceptions. And then we live our lives based on that. Texting is one of the most ineffective ways to express emotion, people. We have a rule here on staff. And the rule is this. If it, if it evokes an emotion, it's in person. If it evokes an emotion, it's in person. If somebody writes something and it, it does something, we stop the conversation there in writing and we go in person. Guys, our communication and relationships is paramount. How we, what we say to each other, how we treat each other is, is so essential in the relationship process. We have to be careful on what we say to one another. Communication. Has anybody ever had honey smacks? Yeah, I can, I can throw one of my, one of my favorite things about adulting when I became an adult was I could get a big fat, we, we, we used to, we used to, my mom, my mom, we, we would have cereal, we'd have one box, maybe, two, maybe two box cereal and we would get a small bowl, whatever. The first thing I want to do when I lived out on my own was grab a bowl this big and just <laughs> cereal, milk, just like this, you know, fill it back up if I wanted to, right? Okay. There was this day, I was a freshman in high school, and I had a bowl of, of Honey Smacks. It was probably off-brand, but Honey Smacks. And um, I went to school, and I had a Honey Smack stuck to my cheek, to my chin. <laughs> True story. I didn't find out about it till second period. <laughs> I had seen at least 50, 60 people prior to that moment. And when I went to the bathroom and saw this Honey Smack, on my chin, I thought to myself, what kind of friends do I have? <laughs> to which when I went to my second period of class, my friend Jamie says, oh, I see you finished your breakfast. <laughs> Communication and relationships is important. It's important. But just as important as communication is, who you communicate it to is just as important. Because when there is an issue or something that needs to be communicated, we tend to communicate to everyone else except for the person it needs to be said to. That's called gossip. That's called gossip. And guess what? Gossip is a sin. Straight up. Okay? This is what the Bible says. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but is what, what is helpful for building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. Do not let any unwholesome post go on Facebook, but only for what is helpful of building others up according to their needs that they may benefit when they read it. That was Kevin O'Day translation. We, the way sometimes we communicate with one another, we just shred each other to pieces. Is your opinion that important that it's worth sacrificing the relationships of the people that are with you? I, I, I go, you go on my Facebook page, okay? 
and this isn't like, I know I can't change. We're in that we are in this culture. Okay, Kevin O'Day on this Sunday morning, August, is not gonna change the culture of Facebook, but I'm gonna just let you know how I feel about it, okay? You on my Facebook, it's a bunch of fake selfies of me going, ah, like this with mouth wide open, okay? Oh, you can see my family, see my girls as they're growing, things like that. I'm not using Facebook to post my opinions because anytime I have done that, it has ruined a relationship and relationships supersede any opinions that I have. If I feel that strongly about something and somebody else has a different opinion, it is my responsibility to go to them in person, take them out to eat and have a conversation. We have lost the art of getting in front of people and opening our mouths and listening to the heart of people instead of just spouting out information at them. And we will beat each other to death while the dying world on the outside is looking at Christians ruin their witness because we're tearing each other apart. Be it on Facebook, in person, whatever we're doing. I want Springhouse to be a place that every person, regardless of their story, background, sin, flaw, has an ability to be conferred dignity. I want this to be a place where people can come and that they can, be, they can be safe and secure knowing that they're going to be loved and that the, our witness is not going to be lost because we have something to say that should be said to them or not said at all. When it comes to gossip, when it comes to saying, talking out of school, when it comes to doing this, somebody has got to love that person enough to stand up in that group and say, stop it. Ronnie said a few months back when he was speaking, he said, love is my name protected in your mouth. I want that to become the anthem here at Springhouse. And I'm not trying to project that we have this ongoing problem, but I'm gonna tell you something. If you're meeting in a small group or if you're meeting at dinner or whatever, and a topic, you can't talk about anybody, anything else, but somebody else that's not there, that's not healthy. And I need some healthy people to stand up and say, this stops now. And if you see me, if I'm in a conversation with you, I don't care if I'm a pastor or not. If I'm in a conversation with you and the things coming out of my mouth are not uplifting to somebody, you need to call me out. I want you to love me enough to call me out because I want to be in relationship and I don't want to ruin my witness. The next is conflict. Whew, it just keeps getting better. <laughs> we try at all costs to avoid conflict, but you know what? Didn't I say people are people and people are broken? Yeah, you're going to have conflict. Some of you had conflict this morning before you got here. Yep. Conflict. We're going to have conflict, but we try to avoid conflict. And I, you know, I, listen, I used to have a real thin skin, but let me tell you something. You go work in a school environment and you mess with people's kids, thick skin's coming real fast, okay? When you involve somebody's kids, right? But man, I want to encourage you to strengthen the muscle that runs toward conflict resolution than running away from it. Confront the things that need to be confronted because the enemy uses that to create a wedge and a fracture. People, I mean, Justin was talking about somebody this morning that has had a five-year fracture because there wasn't an, the, the, the conflict or the thing at hand was not spoken to. How many years are you willing to lose in relationship because you're not addressing things that need to be addressed head on? Let alone going to a whole bunch of other people and talking about the conflict and not with the person it needs to be talked to about. 
There is a, in the story of David and Goliath, David is suiting up and he has to take off the armor because it's Saul's armor and he starts to, uh, he, he sees Goliath and Goliath is taunting him. And there's a part of that scripture that says that David ran toward Goliath. It's my, one of my favorite parts of that scripture. One of my favorite parts of that story because David runs toward the giant. Guys, we gotta be able to run toward the giants that come in our lives. Giants that are coming after our relationships, our friendships, our loved ones. We gotta be able to suit up and run. Run toward it, not away from it. We must become a people who are not afraid to run toward resolving conflict. Matthew 18 tells us this with it comes to conflict and relationship. If a fellow believer hurts you, go and tell them, tell, tell him, work it out between the two of you. If he listens, you've made a friend. If he won't listen, take one or two others along with you so that in the presence of witnesses, it will keep things honest and try again. If he won't listen to, to the church, you'll have to start over from scratch, confront him with the need for repentance and offer again God's forgiving love. Where there does it say stop and ostracize the person? I am so thankful that I serve a savior who chased me and tried again 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 every time I ran away. Every time I avoided it, every time I did something wrong. If there are people in your life that you're at con in conflict with and they're not owning up to their responsibility, guess what? Try again. Try, forgive again. Forgive it again. Forgive it again. This is our responsibility in loving people. And when we don't do that, and when we ostracize people, and when we decide to not operate as Scripture tells us love, what do we do? We ruin our witness. We taint our witness. We need to be ready to have difficult conversations. The Lord is a way maker for difficult conversations. This is hard. I don't want to do it. Yeah. The Lord wants to give you the strength to do it. Do you know that I don't know, I don't really know of any, but, I, but for the sake of being as clear, uh, clear and uh, correct as possible, probably nine times out of 10, conflict that I have with people, I end up coming on the other side in closer re relationship with them than before the conflict happened. When, when somebody's willing to sit down and, and talk through the issue, there's something that happens. There's a bonding that happens. There's a, there is a, there's a deepening of the relationship that can form when you're willing to address conflict. I'm gonna tell you something, the enemy hates it. The enemy doesn't want you to resolve conflict the biblical way. The enemy wants you to stir up strife within the church, within your homes, within your business places. He does not want you to resolve conflict the way we're told to in Matthew. Because if we can do that, it will ruin our witness. And so when we look at the scripture, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Come on out here, worship team. We, uh, we are created for, for relationship. And whether it's communication, whether it's comparing to, to one another, whether it's a communication or whether it's conflict resolution, conflict, those, those things in our life, 
Above all of those things, we are called to love one another so that, so that we don't ruin our witness. Now, I've said a lot to you today. I don't know if you picked up on it. I don't know if it was good or not, but this is really what I want you to take home, what I'm about to tell you right now. I said at the beginning in the opening that we worshiped uh, the Trinity. At the beginning in Genesis, we, we learned that this God is three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the whole point of this whole, whole mess when, 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 when the, the, the relationship was fractured was for us to get back in relationship with God. And so Jesus provided a way. Jesus provided a way for us to be in relationship with Father God. And so many of us in this room have been walking with the Lord for a while. Some of you were just introduced to him, but you were probably most first introduced to Jesus Christ. That Jesus Christ was, was your introduction. And then you, you were able to have a relationship with this incredible star-breathing God because of Jesus. And we can get our minds around Jesus. We can get our minds around God the Father. But there is a third person in this Trinity. And that third person is called the Holy Spirit. And to believers, it is a gift that is given. Jesus said, I'm gonna leave you a comforter. I'm gonna leave you the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna tell you guys something. I don't think we can walk out this life in relationships when struggle meets shattered without the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit will reveal things to you. And what happens is, is when we mess things up, when we taint our witness, when we, when we so blow it, if we will start listening to the Holy Spirit and we allow the Holy Spirit to come into our life, He will come in and He will make that thing clear again and your witness will be pure and you will be able to say, taste and see that the Lord is good. The Holy Spirit has got to be a part of our relationships. The Holy Spirit has got to be a part of our lives ongoing. And let me tell you something. When you start to lean into the Holy Spirit, He's probably going to tell you more about you than them. And He's probably going to tell you that you need to fix some things more than they need to fix some things. He's going to, he's going to mature you to be more like Jesus because we're created for a relationship to be more like Him so that we can glorify Him and so that we can point others to Him. What's your relationship? Some of you in this room, some of you in this room have broken and fractured relationships. Even when this came up on the screen earlier today, you thought, oh gosh, I have this, this relationship is broken. And I believe that the word that the Lord gave me for today is to tell you to stop trying to fix it. Stop trying to fix it and lean into the Holy Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Let the Holy Spirit tell you what you're supposed to do. And when He tells you to do something, listen and obey. And that's where we're going to stop today because next week we're going to talk about the struggle is real, obedience. Would you stand with me? Let's worship.